This is the Hofstra Radio Alumni Audio Yearbook. Today is April 24th, 2022. Please tell us your name and the years you were at Hofstra Radio. Uh, Sue Ronneberger, uh, 1965 to 1968. Okay. And what shows did you work on at uh, Hofstra Radio WVHC at the time? Well, I was just engineering, so whatever was in my time slot, and it changed all the time. And uh, when I became executive engineer, I wasn't too much on the air anymore. Okay. So you mentioned executive engineer. Did you hold any other titles or positions at the station? Uh, No, that was it. Okay. Um, So I'm always very curious what brings people to Hofstra Radio, and what it was like when you got there. So this is a two-part question, but answer it however you like. So what first brought you to the radio station? And then for those of us who weren't there when you were, what was it like? Can you describe the studio or the people that you met or or any interaction that happened? I'm laughing already. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, for one thing, what brought me to the radio station is very uh, odd, I guess you could say. I was a big fan of Soupy Sales, believe it or not. I was 18. Mm. I thought he was the funniest thing, and I loved the fact that he interacted with the cameraman and the audio people, and it just got me so involved in broadcasting. And NYU at the time had an eight-hour-a-day summer program, and you went all summer. It was very intense, and I tried to get in, and I couldn't. It was just real, really exclusive, and I was too late, and I didn't get in. So... One of the advisors at NYU suggested I get involved with anything I could at Hofstra that was in the in that same genre. So I joined the Playhouse. I became a drama major. I and I found the radio station, and that's that's how I got there. As far as what it was like, it was it was to me a twenty four hour party. Uh, there were always people there. Um, everyone was super friendly. Um, we were all kind of nerdy. So a lot of us were misfits, didn't belong anywhere else. And it was a really exclusive club. There weren't that many of us. Uh, and yet we had this, this driving, um, urge to keep up a, a, a sort of a broadcast, um, how am I going to say it? Um, uh, like a standard? Yeah, like that, but a better word, but I can't think of it right now. But Jeffrey spearheaded that, and he got us all so focused. And and when we were having a good time, and when we weren't on the air, we were having a really good time. Mm-hmm. But other than that, we we were very focused on the on the broadcast part of it, and the timing and everything had to be, you know, really as perfect as we could make it. The music, the the people who were on the air, the engineering, uh, we did everything really to the very best that we could. And other than that, it was just a lot of fun. So I'd like to talk more about the the soupy sales interest and the program <laughs> at NYU because that sounds mm-hmm. great. So so he was radio and TV, was it? No, it, it was it? just. It was just TV. Oh, he was, I thought I thought he had a radio show. So, so he, he did. Just, I didn't know about it. He did make records, right? 
That's probably what I'm thinking of. Funny record, funny song records. The mouse, do the mouse. Was it? It made it to the. It made it to the charts. Uh, it was pretty funny. Oh, that's great. So the program at NYU was that for college students? Was it for high school students? And how did you hear about that? It was college. Um, I don't remember how I heard about it. Uh, I had a friend in pre in medical. Uh, she's a medical student over there. I don't. And that may have been her because she. Uh, she had friends on the admission committee and everything, and I still couldn't get in. Mm. I had no experience. I had nothing going on for me. I think that's why they said, you know, next year you want to try, you have to have some kind of background. Okay. And you mentioned getting involved with the, the theater department at Hofstra. Was there someone there who suggested the radio station, or you just heard about it word of mouth? I don't remember how I heard about it. I might have seen signs. We used to have signs all over the place in those days. Hmm. Um, in talking with a number of people who were there in the 1960s and, and the theater under uh, the station under the little theater, most people sort of stumbled upon it or didn't realize where it was. And and given given the state of facilities today. Uh, where the radio station is is a marquee element of Hofstra University. At the time, it was it was next to impossible to find, from what I understand. Um, I didn't stumble upon it. I was I was actively going there. The little theater at the time was not used that much. The actual building, little theater, wasn't used that much by the theater department. I mean, we were all at the Playhouse. Everything we did was at the Playhouse. Um, and of course, it was in the it was in the basement. I mean, I don't even remember thinking about it. It was uh, that it was under the little theater. It was just in the basement, and it was a very treacherous uh, concrete stairway, which people fell down all the time. Um, and uh, it led into there was an entrance room, and then there was a hallway to the left. The, one studio was on the right. Production studio was on the left. And in the back was was engineering was the uh, was the engineering studio and uh yeah and we had <laughs> remember one time lynn jeswaldo and i she was another engineer and we decided then we needed to to make it a little homier so we went to um, saint vincent de paul and we got carpets mm. <laughs> and we unrolled the carpets <laughs> in the production room and we got such shit for it because it was made dust and crud and it was an old carpet and we were just so happy with it it was pretty funny oh that's funny that's why so so you tried to make it a little bit more of a comfortable homey kind of existence yeah yeah i mean we weren't thinking about acoustics or anything we're just thinking about yeah let's let's make it a little nicer we'll put a rug down oh god so, so do you do you have any recollection of, of first getting down to the station and anybody you might have met? You mentioned Jeffrey Krause. Well, I, met, I met Gary first. Gary was sitting at the desk. He was the station manager at that time. Um, Marilyn was the chief announcer. And uh, he was the first one I met. And everybody was very gracious and very accommodating and accepting and enthusiastic and and kind. So you mentioned it was a small group of people. About Very how, small. About how Very many people? 
Oh, golly. Core people, 14. Hmm. So, so a staff of about 14 people, and then I guess they were volunteers or people who just came in to do a show? Yep. Now, you walk into this this small group and everybody's sort of, you know, like you said, misfits and a little bit odd, but very welcoming and gracious. Was there any sort of training or how-to program about how to be on the radio? Well, I wouldn't know. I never wanted to be on the radio. Uh, and as far as engineering training, it was very short-lived. It might have been one-shot deal. There wasn't much of it. I mean, there were no classes, certainly. You came down and you, <clears throat> you said oh, I, I want to be part of the radio station and say, okay, you want to engineer? We need engineers. So fine, good. I'll, I like that. I like the technical side. And uh, it was probably, that was very little training. It was somebody sitting you down and letting you play around. He goes, we didn't go on the air till six o'clock. So you could do anything in the daytime. Hmm. So you got some training with the gates board, with the turn pots, and I imagine there were probably a couple of turntables, something like that? Turntables, that's correct. That's what we used. Hmm. Um, because I'm just trying to get a sense, since since you're an engineer and, and, and there at the time, so what is it like when, when you sit down the first time and you're running a show? Uh, were, you, were you signing the station on? Do you remember maybe what the program was or who you were working with? I remember the first program we put on was, the, the name of it was Q, and it was music. It was dinner time music. It was on a it was on a 10-inch reel. We had two, I guess they were Ampex machines, and you loaded the reel on, and it ran for an hour. And that was the first show. That was the 6 o'clock show, 1800 show. Uh, as far as the first time I sat down, I was probably really nervous hmm. and thrilled. Absolutely thrilled. I never loved anything so much in my life. That's that's so uh, exciting to think about that that you had this idea of going to NYU and, and the soupy sales thing, and then you go to Hofstra, you get involved in theater, and then suddenly you find this thing, and it sounds like you instantly felt really excited and comfortable at the station. Yes. So... So where, where does it go from there? You, you start, you're working once a week or so. You, you mentioned that the, the shifts change. How do, how do, how do you get into a regular um, shift or, or position at the station? Well, you were mostly on a shift. Like you were, you got a shift. Uh, you had, I think they would, I think they were two hours. Um, and you did the same thing every day or you did it every other day or, I, you know, I really don't recall. Hmm. Um I really don't recall how the shifts worked. Okay. And you said you had no interest in, in being on the air. No, none. Zero. The only time I was ever on the air was during the, uh, when we did the, uh, the strike stand in thing where we, you know, we did 24 hours and we marched and that was when they were going to take us off the air. And I guess I was on the air at some point because we just needed somebody to be on the air. I did a classical show, I remember, because that was my type of music then. Hmm. So let's go back to the to this uh, to the strike because this this, uh, from what I understand, was a very key moment, a pivotal moment where the station may have been, you know, uh, ended or shut down by the university. What was going on at the time? Oh, it was awful. It was just awful. I mean, we we were all so upset, but we were willing to do just about anything. 
And we Why marched would... in the parking lot <laughs> between uh, Little Theater. What is that, Weller Hall over there? On the, the, only place, the only place the bathrooms were, right across the parking lot. Hmm. So, so you're marching on California Avenue next to the theater. No, Why not would... on. We didn't march on the avenue. We just marched in the parking lot, <laughs> around in a circle. And and this was to make sure that the university would keep funding. Were they threatening to take the funding away? They were threatening to shut us down altogether. And what was the the thinking behind that? Were they just not interested in supporting the station? I wasn't uh, privy to that. Okay, but but so so there's a 24 hour demonstration on behalf of supporting. No, no, no. we didn't we didn't demonstrate for 24 hours. So they told us to leave the parking lot, and we did. I mean, it, we weren't we weren't horrible about it, um, but we were on the air 24 hours, which we never had been. Okay. So in that case, everyone who's part of that core staff is showing up and sitting at the board for a couple of hours and okay. announcing it's That's necessary. correct. Yep. Okay. Um, but it, as, as it turns out, we wouldn't be having this conversation if it didn't work out. It seems that that demonstration or whatever uh, made sure that the station uh, kept going. Yep. And I think a large part of it was Jeffrey. He was um, very erudite, very uh, convincing, very dedicated um, and I, I'm sure that he was a large part of the reason we we kept we kept on. Hmm. So uh, it, it, I mean, I I knew Jeffrey briefly before he passed, and at the time, I being a 19 year old, you, you have no sense of how old people are. But I had a sense that he was older than he was when he passed. He was in his in his early 50s. But from the other interviews I've done, I always got a sense that he was projecting an air of being older and and more uh, mature than perhaps his, his age. He probably would have been in his, what, mid, late 20s at this point? Yes. And and so, but he was still able to go and and somehow wrangle with the university administrators and, well, and keep the station. Remember, Jeffrey, Jeffrey had a very interesting upbringing. I'm sure I'm sure Marilyn told you he uh, he was born in uh, Shanghai, I think, or Hong Kong, somewhere in China during the war, and he had club feet. And his getting getting any kind of medical services there was horribly impossible. Um, his father was an executive for Otis Elevators. So it was an international company. I guess that's why they were there. Um, but he had, you know, he had a very interesting upbringing. His mother was, um, she was a teacher or something. I can't remember what she was, but he, he had a, a very international upbringing as opposed to the rest of us and a very um, more cultured upbringing than the rest of us. And so I guess he did project that maturity that convinced, you know, that impressed people. Hmm, I, I didn't not, I didn't know that. And if I, if I knew it, I, I had forgotten. So, so somehow along the way, he makes his way to Long Island and becomes, uh, I believe, he, you know, he started as a student and then stayed on as the, as the general manager of the station. So we've talked a lot about Jeff and we talked a little bit about Marilyn and Gary, who are some other people who were really helpful in your early days at the station? Well, Teddy, of course, who I eventually married. Um, Ted Ronneberger. Yep. Uh, Dave Lamble. Um, 
they were the they were the upper crust there, and everybody else was just, you know, the gronks, the worker bees. Well, the people who have to keep the the station on the air. I that was a question I meant to to come back to. So, did you have to go and get your FCC operator's license? We did. We all did. We had to go down to Varick Street. Uh, it took an hour. You took a little test. It wasn't hard. And you got your third class radio telephone license, which we all we had posted. We had posted. And so that so that gave you the the official clearance to to run the board, not necessarily work on the transmitter, but to work the board. It had nothing to do with running the board, really. It had to do with taking transmitter readings. Okay. Okay. And you were supposed to know you were supposed to be able to do those readings, um, not just by reading it, but by working it out formula. Like if you had two of those readings, you were supposed to be able to work out the the final output of the transmitter, which was what all they really wanted you to be able to do. And of course it's on the readings, but they always wanted to make sure that you could do it if you had power readings, if you had other readings and you could do the formula and get the final output of the power, which was all I cared about, the FCC. So there was math involved. Hmm. A little bit, a tiny little bit, thank God, because I mean, that's not my strong suit. No, my, my uh, not for me either. Um, so when do you think you felt comfortable at the station? Was it right away? Did it take a little while? Did you know instantly it seemed like that this is the place you were going to hang out and spend a lot of time? Yeah, pretty much. Didn't take long. And and so this was something that you looked forward to and, you know, sort of maybe, uh, well, I guess the broadcasting was in the evening. You didn't have necessarily have to schedule your classes around it, but... Um, <laughs> there all the time you were there as soon as you got to school you were there and that's why a lot of us didn't finish school because we spent way too much time at the radio station so you were going in and working on production or is it just just uh no hanging out hanging out mostly mostly hanging out at that time there wasn't you know there of course there was some people the sports people were always seemed to be always seemed to be working and um, we had, of course, some production material, IDs and, and promos and fun stuff like that, PSAs. And, uh, and I think Marilyn probably, Marilyn and, and Gary probably worked harder than the rest of us. And Dave, Dave, Dave Lample was a very hard worker. And I think and- Marvin Schwartz was the news director. He went on to become a lawyer. Did did you get a sense that a lot of people wanted radio as a career, or Absolutely. was this just everybody there wanted radio as a career, except for Marvin Schwartz and maybe Lynn? I think Lynn always wanted to do something else. So, so people had this in mind that this was going to be the career, and absolutely, and, and absolutely. And were there specific ways that that Jeff? helped guide people towards uh, a career that would be good for them? Mm-hmm. I got the sense that he was, he was very good at identifying and saying, this is your strength or this is something that you could work on and turn that into a career. He never did that for me. And I don't know that he did it for anybody else, but if people say he did, he must have, but he didn't do it for me. Okay. But you got behind that board and you said, this is, this is something I, I want to do. 
Yeah, I loved it. Hmm. Um, I love the engineering aspect. I mean, not not just that. That's that's why I was interested in the television because I I found all the all the technical stuff even in the theater when I worked in the in the Hofstra Theater. I did sound. Um, I did some lighting. I did props. I did the. I love the background stuff and the technical stuff. So we're having this conversation with the benefit of hindsight. We can look back and say, this is, this is what things meant, or this is what I got out of it. But can you go back to that moment when you first you know, walked across the, the quad there and went to the little theater and, and walked in? What did you hope that Hofstra Radio would mean to you? I hoped it would get me into NYU. <laughs> That, that was that was a goal that, that perhaps you transferred to NYU and get into that other program. Right. Walking across the quad. Remember, I hadn't even gone down the stairs yet in your scenario. Right. So, yes, getting into NYU. And that, that must have quickly changed. It did. Changed pretty fast. So were, were you, did you live locally near Hofstra or were you in the city? Plainview. Okay. So Hofstra at the time was a commuter school, so you were driving in every day? Uh, yeah, until my third year. In my third year, I, I stayed in the dorms for a year. So I had a lot more access to the radio station. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, then, and by then, it was already part of your, your daily routine. It was part of your, oh, yes. your everyday life. Oh, yes. That and the theater. At that point, too, I was very involved in the theater. But, but you didn't you know, that, that initial contact with the radio station, you didn't think it would be an everyday part of your life. You thought it was a stepping stone to something else. Correct. On my, on the quad, remember, I hadn't even gone down that stairs. <laughs> Once I went down the stairs, I guess maybe I started to change because the people were so, they were so like me. That's, that's a, that's a great story. And that's, uh, I, I can feel that, that the energy and the excitement uh, from, from your stories here. And I want the, the listener to note that we, we had a conversation before starting to record and Sue told me several times, I don't have a lot of stories. This is going to be awfully boring and I'll let the listener judge, but I, for one, think these stories are great. And I'm so thrilled that you took the time to share these. I think, I think you've got uh, a lot more stories too, and I'll have to figure out a way to, to get those out of you. <laughs> I'll have to write a book. Fair enough. Well, that, you know, a book is one thing, but we're radio people. We should, we should be talking about these things. That's, that's just my opinion though. So hopefully we can, uh, we can come up with some more questions and, and you can come up with more stories, but thank you so much for taking the time. My complete pleasure. It's been fun.